everyone, and welcome to Living Healthy and Aging Well. My name is Ken Hagland, and we are broadcasting from the AM950 radio station that overlooks beautiful Bryant Lake Regional Park located in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. I am so grateful to be here with you today, and I hope all of you listening are doing well. We are on the air every Saturday from noon to one to talk about your health and your life. We cover a wide range of topics to help you and your loved ones improve and enjoy your quality of life. I want to thank all of you that leave us messages on our radio show phone line. We appreciate hearing from you, and we welcome your comments, questions, and topics for future shows. Also, if you are interested in being a guest on our radio show, please call or text us at 612 612- Nine 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 three four two six. You can also contact us on our website at livinghealthyradio.com, livinghealthyradio.com. There you can find information about upcoming guests as well as listen to our previous shows. We look forward to hearing from you. We are adding new listeners to the show each week, not only here in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, but also throughout the country. You can find podcasts for all of our radio shows on the AM950 radio website. And we can also be found on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and many other podcast and streaming services. You can also watch our broadcast live on the radio station's Facebook page at AM950 Radio. We have another great show for you today. Joining me in a few minutes will be Ed Hahn. He is the Director of Marketing and Communication at the National Eagle Center here in Minnesota to share what is happening at the center and why you should check it out this season. Winter and spring is a uniquely eagle season in the upper Mississippi River Valley and the driftless area of southeastern Minnesota and southwestern Wisconsin. It attracts hundreds of migratory bald eagles to the river and golden eagles to the blufflands. Plus, Ed will talk about how the center's mission to educate and inspire people from all walks of life and how you can get involved in supporting the care and educational mission of the Eagle Ambassadors. All right, if you have a question for Ed today, you can reach us by texting your question to 612-999-3426. All right, let's jump right into the show here, and we'll get Ed on the line. And I want to welcome Ed Hahn to the show. Well, thanks for having me back, Ken. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, it was great to have you last year, and uh, we were talking um, during our show last year, and at the end of the show, we had a number of questions that had come uh, through our uh, our phone line here, a lot of text questions. So we'll get to some of those today as well. Um, but I want to make sure that people know who you are. They always enjoy hearing about uh, the guests and their backgrounds and then how they ended up doing the work they're doing now. So give us a background of, of you and, uh, and also then how you uh, became part of the National Eagle Center. Yeah, well, like you uh, said in the intro, I am the uh, Director of Marketing and Communications at the Center, and I have been there for just over seven and a half years now. Um, and, you know, the job that I do with the center is, is pretty multifaceted. Um, I'm involved in everything from, you know, doing and uh, curating our social media presence to being our public relations person, doing all of our advertising, um, and even interacting with, with guests as often as I can, because that's one of the, the most fun aspects of the job is really, you know, 
getting to share education and, and experience in person with people who uh, are, are wanting to learn and they're excited to be at the center. So, uh, but I, you know, a lot of people assume that uh, to work at a place like the National Legal Center, you actually have to have an educational background that is, you know, having to do with wildlife or biology or things like that. And in my case, that could not be further from the truth. I, uh, I'm actually a communications major <laughs> by education. I uh, actually studied radio and television in college and uh, uh, have always worked in marketing in my career. Uh, but the, the the way that I ended up at the National Legal Center really was just fortuitous. It was a very, now I wouldn't call it an accident, but it was a very happy landing spot for me because um, it really utilizes my my skill set. Uh, but it is just, it's so fulfilling uh, to do, you know, the educational work that we do, interacting with people uh, just like you and your listeners um, it's really fun, and, and there's just a lot of passion at the center. So uh, that's a little bit about me, and that's that's how I ended up there, and I've, I've been there for going on eight years now. Oh, fantastic. It's a long stretch. Um, I've, I've been down there. Uh, one of the reasons I really enjoy having you on the show is um, I've been down to the center several times, and it's just a gorgeous part of Minnesota, um, and uh, it's uh, just, just uh, a couple miles south of Lake Pepin. Um, so you're just uh, in the, it's in Wabasha County, right? Where the correct, yep. yeah, yeah. And uh, we were talking before the show. It's about 90 miles south of St. Paul, and so those mm-hmm. those of you who know where Red Wing is, many people do. It's about 30 to 40 minutes uh, south of Red Wing. It's on Highway 61, and it's a beautiful drive to uh, head down there. Um, well, tell me, I, I, I also really enjoyed the conversation we had last time about the history of the National Eagle Center. You know, here we, we're so fortunate in Minnesota to have the National Eagle Center located right here in Minnesota. It, tell us about that history and the background and, and how the center actually ended up being located here in Wabasha. Yeah, absolutely. So as most of us know, you know, there was a time uh, not too long ago uh, that bald eagles were an endangered species here in North America. And um, that story is directly tied to why the National Eagle Center exists today. And it also directly ties to our our location, like you just pointed out, just south of Lake Pepin. Um, But back in the 70s and 80s, when seeing bald eagles were a big deal, you know, we have a lot of people of an older generation that that interact with us, come and visit, and they always share their stories of, you know, I remember when I saw my first bald eagle in the wild, you know, we were on a family vacation. Um, It was such a big deal that for many people, you know, you remember when and where you were. Uh, when you saw that. And thankfully today, you know, seeing bald eagles is a pretty uh, common experience for, for many of us. And, and that's just a testament to the, the conservation and the successful recovery of the species. But back in the 70s and 80s, uh, when that was still a rare thing, in the wintertime, you would have bald eagles congregate along the upper Mississippi River Valley. And that really has to do with um, a lot of the geological features of the region. Um, Where the center sits in Wabasha, that portion of the Mississippi River has a very strong current. And that is the result of the fact that you go from a very wide portion of the Mississippi that is Lake Pepin, suddenly narrowing back down into a relatively uh, narrow channel compared to the lake. It's still a wide river. Um, But you have that happening, and then right below uh, or, or between the end of Lake Pepin and where we sit in Wabasha, you also have the Chippewa River feeding into the Mississippi. So those two factors 
create an extremely strong current that flows through the river. And that maintains open water throughout the winter. So you have these portions of open water where most of the river uh, is iced over for those winter months. And that's a boon to eagles because bald eagles, the, the staple of their diet is eating fish. They're classified as a water bird. And so they're gathering around those portions of open water, which creates just those tremendous winter viewing opportunities where people will see dozens of eagles gathered together in, in a very you know, relatively small location. Um, and so you had these people that were eagle enthusiasts, bird watchers in the Wabasha community and surrounding area, uh, and they knew about this. And so they would come in the winter time on the weekends to Wabasha, and they would set up their their tele not their telescopes, but their spotting scopes. They'd bring their binoculars, and they would bring their cameras certainly and enjoy the eagle viewing. And that over time grew where they were bringing more of their friends and family or, or birding colleagues. Uh, to Wabasha, and eventually they constructed a wooden viewing platform uh, in downtown Wabasha, right on the river, where they could set up all their equipment and host people. And then that uh, association grew where in 1989 those people uh, created what is now the National Eagle Center. They incorporated into uh, our legal entity, which is Eagle Watch, Inc., and then 10 years after that, the first iteration of the National Eagle Center, which was just the Eagle Center at that point, opened in a very small, humble storefront uh, on Main Street in downtown Wabasha. So that was 1999. And then, of course, the facility that people are familiar with today, that was built in 2007 in Wabasha. So, yes, the story of the bald eagle being endangered and recovering, uh, along with the geological uh, characteristics of that region are why the National Eagle Center is where it is. People always ask, you know, it could be anywhere in, in the United States. Why is it in Wabasha, Minnesota? That's the reason. Winter is the time to see bald eagles. And what I remember when I first went down to that area um, in the wintertime, because all the leaves are off the trees. And so as, you, as you're driving yep. along 61, you look up um, – to the east as you're going southbound on 61 on the Minnesota side, and you look up and you'll see a half a dozen or more bald eagles sitting there in the trees. I mean, you know, with just, you know, 10 feet between them. I mean, they, 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 they look like a flock almost, and they're just sitting there. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and I mean, you, you're, you when, from, from what, you know, early age. I remember uh, they said that uh, each bald eagle needed 50 square miles or they, they didn't get along with each other. But uh, um, having a good food source makes them to be uh, uh, good companions then because they're just all sitting there watching, <laughs> watching people drive by. It's a pretty amazing sight. Yeah, that's, and that's really interesting or good that you pointed that out because, you know, people don't realize that by nature bald eagles really are not social birds. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't behave and interact uh, like we're very familiar with with a lot of songbirds um, in this part of North America. Uh, really, they live solitary lives outside of nesting season where they're pairing up just to raise young in the nest, and that only lasts for about, you know, three, three and a half months. Um, but you know, if they if they just had their way, they would all be spread out. Now, I don't know if they each need 50 miles. I guess I'm not up on yeah, that specific no. <laughs> uh, statistic. But, but you know, it, it's because of that scarcity of open water in the winter yeah. that they're all forced into those very, you know, tight living conditions. 
Um, and so it looks like, oh my gosh, they're hanging out, they're all friends. Well, not really. It's just, uh, you know, they're, it's convenient. They all need to be there because that's where the fish are, that's where the open water are. And that's actually also why you mentioned earlier in the intro that uh, the area is attracting migratory bald eagles. That's another thing that's happening in the winter because if you live, you know, if you're a bald eagle that live up in, uh, you know, northern Minnesota or Canada, uh, your water source is going, more than likely going to be frozen over during the winter. So they move south because they know there's going to be open water on the river. All right, Ed, it's time for a quick break. You are listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You are listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well, where we talk about improving your health and quality of life. My name is Ken Hagland, and joining me today is Ed Hahn, Director of Marketing and Communications at the National Eagle Center, located in Wabasha, Minnesota, on the Mississippi River. It's about 90 miles south of St. Paul and just a couple miles south of Lake Pepin on the Mississippi River. And we're talking about what's uh, happening at the National Eagle Center and why you should check it out this spring season. Um, we mentioned uh, previously that uh, the winter and spring season is uniquely eagle season in the upper Mississippi River Valley and the driftless area of southeastern Minnesota and southwestern Wisconsin. And it attracts hundreds of migratory bald eagles to the river and golden eagles to the blufflands. So it's a, it's a great place to visit, and I really encourage people to do that. Um, if you have a question for Ed, please text us at 612-999-3426. And I'm seeing we're already getting some text questions coming in here, Ed. Um, but listen, Ed, if our, if our listeners have questions or want more information about the center, what's the best way for them to go about getting more information? Yeah, they can always email us at info at nationaleaglecenter.org. And, of course, if they are on social media, they can look us up on Facebook, National Eagle Center, and they can always send us a direct message, and we will get back to them just as promptly as we are able. All right, and we're talking to the guy in charge of all that. He's been there for, what, almost eight years now, and uh, he, yep. he knows the center. Now, last segment we were talking a, a bit about you know how the center came to be, and I think um, what's interesting is I, when I talk to people about upcoming shows and, and your show um, today, uh, I said, yeah, it's really interesting how the Eagle you know, almost went extinct here uh, in the last uh, century, and, and a lot of people didn't know that. He said, "Really?" And I said, "Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. It, it was. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, um, but for some reason, you know, people just aren't aware of some of these things. And it was, um, you know, it was quite the story. Like I say, back in the '70s and '80s, um, when when the eagle really um, struggled, and we thought we were going to lose uh, our national eagle, um, our national bird." Uh, from North America here. So um, so anyway, I, I want to make sure we let people know that uh, it's been quite an amazing recovery that uh, the eagle population has uh, rebounded 
in the last uh, few decades here, and it's uh, great to see. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely has. Uh, they were officially delisted from the endangered species list in 2007, and the population um, across North America continues to increase. And, yeah, it's just it's a wonderful example and a lot of lessons uh, to be learned from the conservation efforts that help bald eagles that can now be applied directly to other types, not necessarily even birds, but other species um, that need our help, you know, species that are being impacted by, you know, climate change or habitat loss or other human uh, activity. Uh, but we've shown that if you have public buy-in and a concerted effort and, and government backing, we can make a difference. Yeah, I thought one one thing uh, a person was saying that, um, you know, back uh, after the founding of the country, uh, Ben Franklin um, had proposed making the turkey the the national symbol of of America, and uh, and that didn't happen, fortunately. Um, and eventually, the the bald eagle became the national symbol. So um, I, I didn't I wasn't aware of that myself. Um, but anyway, um, go ahead. Yeah, it's a it's a kind of an interesting story. Um, it, we 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 always kind of you know we hear the story a lot, and it's one of those things where it's like how much of that is, you know, become almost mythical or legend and how much of it is based in reality. Um, but what we do know is, is that whole understanding of Franklin's take on, you know, the, the bald eagle versus the turkey likely comes from some correspondence he had with one of his sons uh, where he made some passing comments. And actually I just did a post on this not too long ago on social media that, that talked about this a little bit. And the reasons for that uh, were a couple uh, uh, things that he probably witnessed out in the wild. One is, uh, one of the comments he made was they were of poor moral character, and that is likely due to the fact that bald eagles routinely steal food from each other and other birds like osprey that are slightly better than them at catching fish. The other thing that he said was he, he accused them of being rank cowards, and that is likely due to him observing a very common uh, behavior where it's called mobbing, where smaller birds will harass and, and gang up on larger birds to get them away from their nests and their territories, any birds that they, they view as threats, whether they are or not. Um, and so, yeah, Franklin probably observed uh, those two types of behaviors out in the wild, and that uh, informed his <laughs> opinion of the bald eagle. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a story we hear a lot, and it is a very kind of fascinating uh, piece from American history. Yeah, we in the last couple of minutes here, I wanted to talk uh, a bit about the experiences people can have uh, at the center. I mean, it's a two-story building. It's a, it's a beautiful building. Um, again, the website does a great job of showcasing that. But I wanted to just um, encourage people um, with some of the experiences they could expect when they visit the National Eagle Center in Wabasha. Yeah, so, you know, following the renovations that we had last year, we've actually been open just about a year again. We reopened after six-month renovation last June, um, and that actually it increased our, our – we, we used to be just a building, like you said, a two-story uh, facility. Uh, now we are a campus. Uh, we, ha we have the renovations to the existing building, which people are familiar with, and then we've also uh, have some temporary space across the alley uh, that will be addressed in future renovations. Uh, but we have a temporary classroom over there where we can do our daily eagle programs. We also have our uh, Soar Like an Eagle simulator game. And then we also have our storefront that's on Main Street over there. 
so yeah, we, we, we're now a campus as opposed to just a building, which is interesting. And then we recently just debuted the brand new Riverfront Amphitheater, uh, which is located right next to the center on the riverfront in downtown Wabasha. And that is um, a feature that basically resulted from the, the co-bonding that the city of Wabasha and the National Eagle Center did together back in 2018 uh, with the state legislature. And so now we have a, just a wonderful public venue that looks out over the, the Mississippi River, and we are going to be doing some of our uh, Live Eagle programs out there in that space starting this summer. Well, fantastic. And um, for, for those folks who you know, maybe haven't been there or haven't been online to see the building, I mean, it's literally a wall of windows overlooking the Mississippi River, and it's just it's Correct. it's fabulous. And uh, um, it, I guess it's just it's really an amazing place to visit. And um, we've got just a few seconds here in this segment, and we'll, maybe we'll talk about this in the next segment. But you actually have live eagles there that people can can see, and and they and uh, you've got uh, trainers and educators that are talking about these eagles that that literally live there um, permanently. Correct. Correct. Yep. We're we're home to four permanently injured uh, resident bald eagles, and uh, we are their caretakers. And like you said, you can when you visit, you can get very close to them. We always have uh, a, some kind of a naturalist or educator, whether they're staff or volunteer, in that space, so that when people are meeting the eagles, there's always someone there to personally answer any and all questions that you have. Uh, it's an open air space, so uh, you. It really is a very intimate space. You're, I mean, you're a few feet away from them, but you know, when people walk into that room, uh, you know, they're just commonly overwhelmed. Like, I've never been this close to one before. They're so huge, <laughs> uh, and we can delve into that here in the next segment. Yes, yes, we'll talk about the characteristics of eagles here in the next segment. It's time for a short break, folks. We'll be right back to continue our conversation with Ed Hahn, director of marketing and communications at the National Eagle Center, located in Wabasha, Minnesota on the Mississippi River. Uh, If you have a question for Ed, please text us at 612-999-3426. I'm Ken Hagland, and you are listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well, where we talk about improving your health and quality of life. My name is Ken Hagland, and joining me today is Ed Hahn, Director of Marketing and Communications at the National Eagle Center, located in Wabasha, Minnesota. And that's uh, located on the Mississippi River, about 30 minutes, 40 minutes south of Red Wing on Highway 61. And it is a beautiful drive down there. If you're coming from St. Paul, it's about 90 miles. And uh, But once you get on Highway 61 and, and start driving along the river and passing Lake Pepin, it is uh, just beautiful. The, the bluffs down there are fantastic. And any time of year is great to drive down there, but especially in the fall when the leaves are turning, it is just pristine, uh, amazing. And we're talking about what's happening at the National Eagle Center today and why you should check it out this spring season. 
If you have a question for Ed, please give us a text at 612-999-3426. Before we return to our conversation with Ed, though, I want to mention this program is brought to you in part by the amazing people at Minnesota Hospice. Minnesota Hospice is an independent, locally owned medical practice serving our Twin Cities communities with innovative and comprehensive end-of-life health care. The team at Minnesota Hospice has been providing patients and family members with award-winning end-of-life health care services. Hospice brings compassionate medical, social, emotional, and spiritual services to your home with no cost to you or your family. Please do not wait to learn how hospice care can benefit you and your loved ones. If you have any questions regarding end-of-life care or support, please contact the caring team of experts at Minnesota Hospice. They are available to answer your questions 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Their phone number is 952-898-1022. Once again, that number is 952-898-1022 or visit them online at minnesotahospice.com. All right, let's continue our conversation with Ed Hahn. Ed, how can our listeners look up more information about you guys or if they have questions or want more information? Yeah, so the, the best place to go would be our website, which is nationaleaglecenter.org, and that's going to have, you know, basically it's the portal to all of our information, our daily admission, when our programs are. Uh, it also has links to um, register for different experiences that we offer, and we ha- we do have some new experiences uh, that we've been offering since those renovations as well. But, of course, if you just want to use email or something, you can certainly email us at info at nationaleaglecenter.org, or, again, on social media, we're on Facebook, the, the National Eagle Center, and you can uh, direct message us there, and we will get back to you as promptly as we are able. All right. Um, we only have uh, two more segments here, and I just want to make sure we have a chance to kind of talk again about why people uh, should come down and the experiences. Um, I brought my uh, my uh, two children down there several years ago when they were young, and uh, they were just so impressed because you literally can get with you know, within a within an eagle's wingspan of uh, mm-hmm, of looking mm-hmm. at these amazing birds, and I, I just don't think people can appreciate sometimes how large these birds are. Um, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. Those, those yeah right you are, Ken. I mean, those wingspans are, are pretty impressive when they start to flap their wings when they're, uh, when they're with a trainer or with somebody there who's, who's uh, working with them. Yeah, and the, and the cool thing is now, you know, in the past, again, you can get very close to the birds. You can learn about them. You can go to the, the programs. But one of the things that we've really recently unveiled is we offer behind-the-scenes experiences. And those are small group experiences where you could bring, you know, your family or maybe a small group of friends. And for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, you can go behind the scenes where our avian care staff work every day with the birds. And you can really see what goes into caring for the birds on a daily basis. And a lot of people often have questions about that because it's not something they're familiar with or ever really get to see. And so it is very informative. Uh, It's fascinating for a lot of people, but some of the highlights are that you get to, you know, see the kind of living space that the eagles have. Uh, You get to help really hands-on create some enrichment materials and activities for the birds to to aid with their mental stimulation. And that's really the the most important thing for especially birds and human care is that uh, that mental stimulation. You know, we we do a lot of activities that um, mimic 
or recreate some of those natural activities they would have out in the wild that they just you know safely can't do anymore, which is why why they're in human care. Uh, but you also get to watch some um, training sessions and just kind of see you know how do our uh, trainers work with the birds, how do they develop those relationships, reinforce uh, the training that is already in place. And so, yeah, those are re- I can't recommend those experiences enough. If you really kind of want to have kind of a, a next-level uh, educational experience about eagles, and especially the eagles you've come to know at the, the center, the behind-the-scenes experience is definitely something that you should, should consider because it is a phenomenal experience. Yeah, no, that that sounds great. I I'll have to go down myself and see that because I haven't spent a few years since I've been down there. But but just to, to remind people, you know, tens of thousands of people come there every year, and they come from correct all across the country, all across the world, to to experience the National Eagle Center. Yeah, it's been a little bit different just you know since COVID because I kind mm-hmm. of upended the entire world. But <laughs> yeah, in a typical year, you know, we're seeing between sixty and seventy thousand visitors. We have visitors from all 50 states in any given year. Generally, we have about 100 to 110 countries represented. Um, Personally, I've interacted with visitors from probably 40-plus countries in my time at the center. Um, So it really is, you know, it's an international draw. And, you know, part of that is we get a lot of people from overseas who are bird or eagle enthusiasts, and, you know, maybe they've never actually seen a bald eagle up close. You know, there's 67 species of eagles found around the world, but where they come from, they have different species. So they may come over here and want to really learn about and and see up close the bald eagle. Uh, The other big draw, especially for someone like me who has uh, grown up next to the Mississippi River, we kind of take it for granted. But a lot of those people come and they're they're excited to see the Mississippi River up close as well, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because it's one of the, the longest biggest rivers in the world um and so a lot of us that live in this area may not really even doesn't even register on our radar anymore that those are a big uh global attraction but yeah people come for the eagles and they come for the scenery and they come for the mississippi river so it's it's awesome to see all the different people that we we host every single year yeah it really is somewhat of a, a hidden area of minnesota people always think of going up north um, and of course, Correct. we, have, you know, we yep. have we have I mean amazing lakes. I mean we have you know over ten thousand lakes, and we've got the we've got Lake Superior and things. And sometimes it's overlooked to go south in uh, in Minnesota. And and again, this is one of the jewels of uh, of the Mississippi and um, of Minnesota as well. Um, well, and, and and one of the things I want to emphasize that and you touched on this earlier is that you know. Fall is a great time to drive along the Mississippi, whether it's on Highway 61 on the Minnesota side or Highway 35 on the Wisconsin side. It's fantastic scenery. Uh, but also, this time of the year, when we're in nesting season right now, it is a great time to come and, and do some eagle viewing because while a lot of the migrants have already moved back north to their nesting territories, whenever the trees are bare, there is so much that you can see, even just driving along the highway. You know, things are not obscured behind the leaves. And a lot of times, you know, eagles go unseen or unnoticed during the summer because you just can't see them. They're there. They're just in those trees, and they're, they're hidden by the leaves. So right now, um, you know, here in March and April and maybe even into early May, depending on when leaf out is, you can see everything you can see where those those bald eagle nests are along the river um so you could uh, just it i can't overstate it enough there's so much you can see 
just depending on the time of the year and in the spring when those nests are active and they have young in there and the bald eagles are out there fishing or chasing or whatever, it is a phenomenal time just to take a drive when the weather is nice. Yeah, you're right. This is the best time. This this time and, of course, in the winter when those uh, those, um, those massive birds are just sitting there in the trees along the river yeah, yep. wait, waiting for their next meal. Um, tell me a bit, because I had a question that had come up here. Um, they said, what is the courtship process? They said that apparently the courtship process, um, the two eagles will lock talons together and they'll be tumbling to earth and they'll, they'll release right before they hit the ground. And it, they said it's... A person was texting and saying they had watched that before and it was just phenomenal. Yeah, no, it's that's a great thing to, to bring up, and I'll actually kind of address two things uh, in my answer here. So one of those is that people often ask, do they mate for life? And the answer is they don't mate for life as a rule. It can happen just you know based on what their behavior is and, and how things work out. And generally speaking, uh, if you have a pair of eagles that pair up, uh, in a given spring, and they have success raising young in the nest, everything goes smoothly, chances are very high that those two eagles will, you know, they'll, they'll split up during the off-season, late late summer into fall, they'll kind of go their own way. Like I said, they're, they're solitary birds. But then in the spring, uh, they will generally both come back to the nest site. They will go through all of the rituals again, and if they're both uh, show up and they're both still healthy, chances are very high that they will pair up again and raise young again. And that could continue conceivably their whole adult lives, or it may just continue for several years in a row. Um, but they don't necessarily, it's not like geese or swans that do mate for life um, if something happens to one of the pair uh, where they don't return the next year or something happens at the nest or whatever, uh, they won't hesitate to take a new mate um, if something goes wrong. Um, but as for the courtship rituals itself, yes, absolutely. It is it is a stunning thing to be able to witness. Um, in, in almost eight years at the center and having done a lot of eagle watching myself, I have only seen the cartwheeling that they're talking about. I've seen about three and a half seconds of it, <laughs> um, unfortunately. So it, it can be fairly rare, but if you put in the time and the patience um, to go out there where you know there's lots of eagle activity, you're probably going to be lucky enough to see it at some point. Um, the cool thing about it is that not only is it just you know a fantastic aerial display, um, it is also extremely dangerous for the birds. And the theory behind it is, you know, why are they doing a cartwheel? Well, if you are looking for a potential mate to raise young with, you want to find someone who is, you know, an adept flyer. They need to be physically strong um, because those are traits that are going to translate into I'm a good provider. You know, I'm probably a good hunter. I'm a good fisher. Uh, I'm going to be able to help you raise young in the nest. And so when they go into this cartwheel maneuver, what's happening is they're locking talons. Now the talons, uh, not the beak, are the weapons and the tools of the bald eagle. So they are now engaging with their weapons, which is a show of strength. Their gripping power with their feet is 400 PSI per talon. They have four talons. So aggregate, now you're looking at 1,600 pounds of, of gripping pressure. So they're doing a very tight grip. They are then free-falling through the air. And the idea is that if you release from that too early, okay, you may not be strong enough, you may not be adept enough at flying. 
But what you need to be sure that you're doing is that you break out of that maneuver before you hit the ground, or you could severely injure yourself or die. And there actually was um, a story in the news just recently up in the Twin Cities metro where they suspect that's exactly what happened. There, there was two eagles cartwheeling, and one was injured on the ground. The other one was able to fly away. Um, and we actually did get some uh, questions about that at the center, and we, we did a post on that as well about what happened. Uh, in that, and that's probably exactly what happened. They were doing that cartwheeling display. Things did not go as planned, and you know the danger side of that maneuver unfortunately played out. Yeah. All right. We got time for a short break, folks. You're listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well, where we talk about improving your health and quality of life. My name is Ken Hagland, and joining me today is Ed Hahn, Director of Marketing and Communications at the National Eagle Center, located here in Minnesota in Wabasha on the Mississippi River, and that's about 90 miles south of St. Paul on uh, Highway 61. And we're talking about what's happening at the National Eagle Center and why you should check it out this spring season. Um, I want to mention we're going to be having a a guest on next week named Valerie Thomas. She's a certified trust and fiduciary advisor at Minneapolis-based firm Marquette Wealth Management, and she'll be discussing good financial practices in retirement years. So be sure and uh, tune in for that next uh, Saturday. Um, If you have a question for Ed, we have one more segment left. We're getting a lot of text messages coming in here. You can text us at 612-999-3426. Once again, 612-999-3426. All right, Ed, if our listeners have questions about the National Eagle Center, what's the best way for them to find out about the National Eagle Center? You can always visit the website, nationaleaglecenter.org. You can email us directly at info at nationaleaglecenter.org. And if you are on Facebook, go to National Eagle Center. You can follow us and like us and then send us a direct message, and we will get back to you as soon as we are able. All right. Fantastic. Boy, I was surprised last segment how many people visit the center uh, each year. That, that's, that's quite amazing. I didn't, uh, didn't know that. Yeah, and that does not include the outreach that we do. We do do traveling outreach, so we'll travel with the Eagles to, you know, schools. We'll go to civic events, public libraries. We do outreach to the VA hospital in St. Paul. So, yeah, those are just the people that come to the center, but we also travel with the birds. Okay. Okay, so I want to get to some of these questions that, that sure. are coming now. Let's do rapid fire. Uh, rapid we'll do rapid fire, fire here. <laughs> we have about five minutes left in the show. And uh, so, so one of the common questions is, um, how do you get Eagles, how do they come to you, and then how long do you have them? Oh, man, this could take 10 minutes to answer. No, uh, (laughs) quick summary is that, uh, you know, if an organization like ours is looking to add an Eagle ambassador, there's kind of a national network that's out there. So we'll put our feelers out to that network saying, hey, we're looking for a potential Eagle ambassador. We can specify, do we want bald eagle or golden eagle? And then, you know, as eagles unfortunately are injured and they go into different rehab facilities around the country, uh, they always go through all the rehab and then they do testing to see if those eagles uh, can hope 
hopefully be reintroduced into the wild. But if they can't, that then starts a placement uh, search, and it's just a matter of saying, okay, we have a potential candidate, you're looking for a bird, do your needs match up? There's some you know criteria that need to be evaluated there, but that's the process in a nutshell. Okay, okay. Um, another question here is, does it cost money to uh, attend the National Eagle Center? It does, yep. We are open daily. Uh, it is uh, $12 for adults to visit. It is $10 for uh, kids ages 4 to 16. Uh, and then if you attend a program, there is a three-seat, uh, $3 seat reservation fee, and that is simply in place because we've had so much demand in the past uh, that we don't want to have to turn people away or have people you know, say they're going to attend and then something happens and they can't, and then we, we have people that could attend that can't. So uh, we do have that reservation fee. Um, but, yes, it's, it's $12 for adults, $10 for kids, $3 seat reservation. Okay. That's, that's very, inex- very inexpensive. Um, another question, do you guys accept donations to support the center? Absolutely. We are a private nonprofit. A lot of people often, because we have national in our name, assume that we are either a state-run organization or we're part of the, the national park system. Uh, we are not. We are funded mostly uh, by the, the money that the visitors that come in through the door. You know, those admissions, those seat reservations fees help keep the organization running, keep the lights on, and help pay for the care of the birds. But you can always become a member of the National Eagle Center, and there's various levels of support, and, and that membership is good for one calendar year from the day that you become a member. Um, and then you, you enjoy free admission to the center for as many times as you'd like to visit for that year. Uh, we also have a, a fairly new program, which is kind of a subscription-based uh, program called Adopt an Eagle, mm. and that is where you can specify which eagle ambassador you would like to adopt. And then we recognize you on our website as one of our adopters. There are many levels of, of adoption, uh, but the basic package you would receive a 5 by 7 uh, color photo print of your chosen ambassador. You would receive a certificate of adoption. You would receive a uh, the, the story of that ambassador, how they came to be at the center and what their injuries are. Uh, you would get a, a species fact sheet about uh, a bald eagle, or if, if it's a red-tailed hawk, we also have our ambassador, Hollywood, who's a red-tailed hawk, so you can adopt her. And then... Uh, depending on the level of adoption, you can receive video updates, you can receive personalized videos, you can receive quarterly updates on your ambassador, or even monthly updates on what is happening in their life. Fantastic. It is a wonderful program. Yeah, it, I, I'm going through your website right now. I'm seeing it. That's quite amazing. So people need to go to your nationaleaglecenter.org and go on to the support tab and Correct. drop down there and there there you've got it um okay yeah, get, i would hide yeah. i i can't recommend the adopt an eagle enough and it makes a wonderful gift yes. if you have an eagle enthusiast or a birder in your life or even you know nieces nephews grandsons granddaughters uh the adopt an eagle program is proving very popular and it is it is really worth it all right we've got uh we got about a minute and a half here, so I, I got to go. Sure. So I get more and more questions here about eagles. How how big are eagles? What what is the wingspan? And are uh, males bigger than females, or females bigger than males? Okay, so it ranges. The smallest males uh, down in the Gulf Coast in Florida, they may be about six or seven pounds, and they range in size all the way up to the largest females up in Alaska and northern Canada, which can be upwards of eighteen pounds. 
So you have a pretty wide range of eagle sizing, and it has to do with where they are hatched. Um, the difference in latitude, you have different weather conditions, and if it's a milder climate, you need less body mass. If it's a war, or if it's a colder climate, you need more body mass. So that's kind of the general rule to keep in mind. The, the females are always larger than the males by about 30%, uh, and that's based on if they were hatched in the same general latitude. But uh, that's called reverse, dimor- uh, reverse sexual dimorphism. The females are larger than the males. Okay, wow. And, okay, and how fast can eagles fly is one of the questions. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, if they, you know, if they're diving, um, I think they can dive upwards of around 100 miles an hour. But if they're just, if you just see them cruising along, you know, they're, they're flapping their wings and they're kind of flying along the road if you're driving on the highway, they can top out at about 30, 35 miles an hour. Okay, fantastic. Um, and uh, can they lift fish that are heavier than they are if they, if they absolutely catch. not nope <laughs> nope um, this is basic aerodynamics uh, they can lift about a third of their body weight and stay in the air this is a very popular question by the way uh, so your pets are not in danger again you know eagles in minnesota wisconsin they're going to be about maybe nine to 12 pounds between your, your smallest males and your largest females, and they can lift about a third of their body weight. So right. three pounds is going to be about the max, and I have seen them attempt to grab fish out of the river that are too big for them, too heavy, and they either have to make a choice of let that fish go, which they don't want to do, or you're going into the drink and you're <laughs> swimming that, that bad boy back to shore. So, <laughs> All right. All right. Well, it's it's this has been great, Ed. I got more questions here. We can't get to them. We're at the end of the show. I want to thank you so much for your time here today, Ed. Yeah, it's a pleasure joining you again. Thank uh, you. All right. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Please join us again next Saturday at noon for another broadcast of Living Healthy and Aging Well, where we talk about your health and your life. Until next time, choose to live well. Ice cream.